Hey, I'm Matt Hudgens, and he's Dave Mulvaney, and this is Profitability MD. Dave, how you doing today, buddy? Man, I'm doing great. How are you? Life's pretty good. We got a little uh, winter springness here, 60 degrees on a weird winter day, which means pretty warm down there, I'm sure. It's uh, mid-60s and uh, heading to 80 in the next few days, I think. Yeah. I love it. I hate winter, so I love warm weather, so that's, that's well, fantastic. You're in Atlanta, so it's not so bad. It's not so bad. Hey, all right. So we are on episode 55. Episode 55. Can't believe it. That's awesome. Weekly videos. These are pretty cool. Weekly podcasts. Um, I thought today we could talk about uh, the benefits of joint ventures. Talk about growing your businesses or ways to grow your business. And an excellent way to grow your business is joint ventures. So I thought we might talk about what is a joint venture. Uh, we both have a couple of good examples I was going to talk about a network chain uh, as, as kind of an example as well. And then we get into uh, some other type of joint ventures that we might have. The first would be uh, a venture, I guess, by definition would be somebody that services the same client as you, but doesn't compete with you. Right. So yes. you could say um, anything from uh, what we've, we've used before, uh, Joint ventures would be like a lawn care guy and a roofer, right? They both are residential houses, uh, a remodeler, you know, somebody remodels houses, a builder, those guys all don't compete. Yeah. Uh, and, I, uh, and a good example would be like um, a wedding planner and a florist. The wedding right. planner doesn't, you know, they both have the same market, which is bridezillas or whatever they're called. <laughs> but, <laughs> Well, and that's, and that's a great one. So like we have a great, uh, what we call kind of an event chain. So these are all the people that you could joint venture with if you were a florist. Uh, I've got a guy who's a, um, a wedding, not wedding planner, uh, wedding music uh, band. Okay. So, so the gist would be, all right, so somebody decides to get married. This is kind of the event chain. What happens? So you decide to get married. What are you going to do? Well, you got to go buy the ring, right? So there's going to be a jeweler involved somewhere, right? After you buy the ring and propose to your spouse or your rose, however that works nowadays. Um, and then from there, you got to pick, you know, wedding date, a wedding site. So now you're talking about a wedding site venues, right? After that, you might find a wedding planner. You might find, this is where you talk about the band for your wedding or the music for your, what you got to book a DJ or a band, however you like it. Uh, then you might have to start, planning for, you know, tables and chairs. Then we get into the florist, right? We've got to get flowers for the wedding. Then you might have a wedding cake. Uh, by the way, we've got to have a photographer. That's somewhere in this sequence yeah. of events. You might have to have a separate, because a lot of photographers just, nope, I just do, I just do camera. I don't do videos. And you got a videographer. Videographer, exactly right. Um, you need a caterer. You need a caterer. That's exactly right. And so all those people in, are in the event chain of a wedding. And let's just say you're the florist, right? So any of those people that come before you can refer you business and anybody that comes after you, you can refer them business, right? So somebody gets engaged and then picks a venue. It'd be great if you joint venture with some venue sites. Hey, we love uh, Dave's flowers, right? Hey, you just, you're going to do your wedding at our place. We love Dave's flowers, right? Um, so, those are great people to joint venture with. Actually, I'll go through the whole thing. This was a great thing where we, where we come up with uh, a lead magnet. So I've actually done this before on the flower side and on the wedding planner side and on the uh, 
a wedding band uh, producer, the, the guy that books the bands, right? And so what you end up doing is, let's say you go with a jeweler, jeweler and the wedding planner and the florist and uh, let's say booking of the band. Let's just say the four of us form a joint venture. It'd be easy for us to come up with a guide, you know, uh, five mistakes to avoid when planning your wedding, just for example, right? Yeah. Um, so that could be the lead magnet. Now what happens is, of course, the mistakes are gonna be, you know, getting the wrong ring. So your jewelry can have a little comment on that. Your wedding planner could have, uh, you know, mistakes about venues or times. Uh, your venue place could have things about venues. The florist, picking the right florist, having the right florist, making sure it's on time. The band guy could have his, you know, don't, you know, get a bad band and show up drunk or they don't show up at all. The caterer could have something. So you could have each one of your joint venture people, let's call it, you know, have, write a chapter, write a paragraph on mistakes to avoid. The benefit of that is, is now you have this guide, you know, how to avoid wedding disasters. Let's even make it bigger. Avoid wedding disasters. You've got six joint venture partners in there. But the advantage of that is, is everybody in that event chain, it has an incentive to hand out that guide, right? So if you're the jeweler and he's in the guide and you bought the ring from him, hey, Dave, you just bought our wedding ring. I'd love to give you this guide, mistakes to avoid when planning your wedding. And of course that has you in there, there's a jeweler, it has the caterer in there, it's got the planner in there, it's got everybody in there, right? Vice versa, let's say the planner gets a referral from somewhere else, right? She has a guide, now, mistakes, disasters to avoid, right? So the referral came in through her, but then it goes through the same joint venture network, right? The florist is still in that guide. Uh, a florist, maybe a, a florist got a referral from a different part of the world. And I want to pause you there for a no, minute. That's good. If you're thinking about this from the first of all, I'm glad you used the word the words event chain because um, if if there's one thing we talk about, you and I often talk about is building processes in your business. So this is forcing you to get outside of your processes yes. and look at the process of your client, what they go through. So where would the where would it be make the most sense if you were like the person like you're the last you're the caterer you want this you could put all this money into the lead magnet you could spend right. the money on the lead magnet and stand to make the most simply by getting it on the counter at the jeweler yes yes so but the way to do that is to include the jeweler Exactly. In the booklet, right? Hey, hey Mr. White, I'm looking for a florist in here. So you get them to create their section, yes. but yes. you put the booklet together so yes. they feel a loyalty to you. And yes. guess what happens? This is where this is where um, you are given um, referral credibility. It's it's very different than than anything else in terms of if the jeweler says, "Hey, um, I don't know if you've gone through any of this yet, but this is a really good guide." And I know um, the people who, um, who write about the floors. I know these, I know everybody in here. Yes. They're really good people. Now, yes. the people who are, they just bought a ring. They just bought their rings from you. That person is more liable or to purchase from these other people. Yes. If they have a false sense of trust as if it's one team. So yes. So that's a big deal. It's a, it's a really big deal. I had a meeting this morning with a CPA and we were talking about um, dental, dental practices. That's one of my specialties is working with dentists. And 
Um, but it's any type of transaction. We were coming at it from the transaction, people that are selling their business. You and I have talked about uh, selling your business and exit planning, but we were talking about the event chain of that, right? And so it's really funny. It's basically a business broker. So they call them transition people in dentistry, but a business broker. Um, there's going to be a lender involved because a new buyer usually borrows money, right? So we have this guy that we know over at the, the one, you know, there's several banks that specialize in loaning to dentists. You got typically a CPA because the new buyer going to have want his own CPA probably. And maybe he was an associate somewhere else, right? Uh, financial advisor, because the, the guy selling uh, may or may not be retiring, but he's going to have a lump sum of cash coming in. So we need a retirement plan, a financial plan, a business plan. Um, there might be a uh, coach in there, right? A strategy coach, somebody like us who helps you maximize the value of your business before you sell it. That benefits everybody involved, right? That would benefit the financial advisor. That would benefit the business broker because the, the business is worth more when they sell it. It could be the business coach comes in there and coaches the new owner, right? So uh, the, we sold the practice to, to this new guy and let's get a, that's a good opportunity for a consultant or a coach to come in and help the new guy run his business. Maybe he was an associate somewhere else, like we said, so he needs help. Um, I'm trying to think who else is in that. That's an, attorney, of, an attorney for sure. Attorney, that's exactly, you need a business attorney to help write up the documents and the non-competes and all that type thing. And it's possible uh, you also need an estate attorney because the person selling may be, oh, it's time to build my trust and those type of things because now they're transitioning out of business and they're right. going to go into the next stage of their life, retirement. So there could be two types of attorneys there. Right. Yep. Exactly right. We have, I know a specialist who specializes in, um, insurance pricing and re insurance reimbursement for dentistry. So that you could have be a, a business appraiser in there. You could have a survey uh, company if there's land. Commercial uh, real estate, because you might own the building of, and typically they don't tie it in, at least not in dentistry. We kind of make the two different transactions. You sell your practice and you sell your building. Now you can sell them at the same time to the same person. That's actually ideal, but it is a separate transition. You might have a commercial real estate broker. Actually, technically you have to have one when you sell real estate. So you might have a real estate broker, but that's the conversation we had this morning. And so the idea there is all those people are involved in a transition. Now, where does the lead come from? It could be the selling dentist calls the calls all the business brokers that he knows. They call them transition experts. In so that might be where the referral comes. It could be the CPA who knows his client is going to sell the business. That's where the referral comes. It might be the lender got a call. Hey, I'm looking to buy a practice. Uh, do, would you loan me money to buy, right? So anywhere in there, the, the, the lead can come from any of those people involved in the transaction. And then it's a matter also of where the most leads come from. We could figure that out too. Um, and there's but, different types of business brokers. There are uh, business brokers that are straight commission, like a lot like real estate agents. They make right. a sale. Um, but then there's business brokers like Landmark and some of these other big, where they come in and they're going to like do an assessment and then they're going to like charge you this big giant upfront fee to, um, to create this marketing piece for your company and to hopefully get you to sell, but they're making money on that fee. Um, so there's different types of brokers. Right. And I, I just got asked this not too long ago, well, what's the best type of business broker? And it, I would say it's all dependent on um, your business. 
when I say it's all dependent on your business, if your business runs without you, it has tremendous value and you probably don't need a very good broker. <laughs> right, 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 right. If your business needs you, you probably need a coach, meaning if you are the, you probably need a coach like us to say, okay, pause for a minute. Don't go to sell yet. Let's take three months and let's document all your processes. Yes, yes. Uh, let's get everything down on paper so that you have something to hand off so that you can actually walk out the door one day knowing that that business will survive because a, a big component of a lot of uh, sales of businesses under 5 million is the seller typically ends up carrying some of the paper. And sure, so sure. if you want to carry paper and you want to make sure you get paid, you probably want to have really good processes in place for them to walk into or it, there's a good chance it could fail. I mean, right. Right. Exactly. Right. And so we were talking this morning, me and the CPA, we're talking about that event chain. Any of those people would be great joint venture partners. Uh, we were talking about doing an event. So you and I talked about doing an event. This would be an event specifically for Dennis, you know, uh, practice optimization, right? So he, the CPA would have tax tips. The lender would have lending tips. Uh, the coach would have, you know, optimizing the, you know, uh, the practice, um, the transition guy, mistakes to avoid when selling your practice, right? Those could all be topics for specifically for dentists. I'm just using this as an example because that was a conversation I had this morning, right? Um, so it's, and, and same thing we talked about, you and I have talked about with, with other business brokers, right? So a business broker, I've got a friend in Charleston, a business broker. So he's got a listing of clients, right? So a joint venture partner for us as coaches could be a business broker because we could pitch to him and say, hey, uh, you've got these existing businesses for sale. Let us come in there and make them more profitable. So you'll sell them for a higher value. The, the owner gets more money. And by the way, you get more money because of the commission. And right? you have more likelihood of actually selling the business. More likely. Of actually, and then those same business brokers gets calls. They usually get somewhere between three to six per week of, of people that they can't sell your business. Hey, Dave, your business isn't ready for sale. Call me when it is. Well, so we would approach a business broker and say, hey, you get three to six of those a week. How about you refer those to us? We can come in there and increase the value of those companies by our coaching systems and processes, you know, our five ways to grow a business. And then they'll be ready for sale and we'll send them back to you. So now you, we're your pipeline, Mr. Business Broker, right? So, so you're, you will have, you give us a business that's not ready for sale. We work with them. It'll be ready for sale. And the business broker now has his own pipeline of people calling me who can't sell. Give them to Matt and Dave. We coach them up, put them in systems and processes, five ways to grow your business, our five profit formula. Now the business broker gets to list the property or list yes. the business when it's ready to sell. It might be six months, a year, two years, right? So, and let's pause there a minute. So I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to take us out of this scenario and let's say you're, you're whatever, you're some type of consultant and, and you wanted to insert yourself into this equation. You would then go to the, the broker and you say, Hey, Mr. Broker, I've got this wonderful lead magnet that I'm going to, I'm going to show your, your clients, uh, potential clients, the ones who can't sell. I'm going right. to show them what they need to do to get their business ready to sell. I'm going to put your name on the back of the book, provided you'll hand these out to your clients. Now, inside of that book, the book is designed to 
um, solve the client's problem first right. and foremost. I don't want to. I don't want to imply that it's anything, but it's very. No, but you got to say right. What's the title? It's going to be you know five mistakes to avoid when selling your business. Five ways to maximize the value of your business, which is the same thing, by the way, that we do for real estate agents. Yeah. Five ways to maximize the sale of your house. Five mistakes to avoid when selling your house. All right. So go back to. It. So so you, you've got this great title. Solves their problem. Makes your life better. They're going to get their business sold, and now when it's time on the back and, and ideally they hire us, right? So they hire us to fix their problem. Then like you said, they, they've got that book and they're following along in that book as we coach them. And then on the back of that book is a picture of the business broker. So now when it becomes time to sell the business, bro business broker gets that business. Yes. And so when you're, when you're talking, we're talking about joint ventures and when you make, look, that's win, win, win on all three parts. You've got a client who can't sell their business. You got a broker who says, hey, I can't help you right now, so I can't make money off you right now. Um, so here, here's Matt and Dave, and so they're going to help you get your business in a position where you can sell it, and then when you're ready, you come back. So we solve that business owner's problem. It goes from having, I don't want to say worthless business, a business only worth its assets, we'll say. Right. Typically, right. business is only worth its assets. It's worth half of its assets, right. but so... Uh, we take a business worth its assets and we've now made it into a company where it's profitable and it has systems that are sellable. He goes back to the broker. The broker says, Hey, we got this great company. Right. Easier not, for him to sell it. Yeah. It's just not assets. They've got great systems in place yeah. and um, it's, it's going at, you know, two times um, uh, earnings. And right, which right. is the norm in the one to five million range between two and three times earnings. So it's a deal at two times earnings. But you know, just three months ago, the guy couldn't sell it. Now he's right. two times earnings. I'm going to well, give you a perfect example. Um, I, I don't want to. Literally yesterday at dinner, my son um, is in the environmental cleanup business, and there's a business for sale here in town um, that's grossing $2.3 million. They're up for sale for $775,000. Their earnings are $885. They have over $300,000 of equipment. This is a perfect example of what we're talking about. Here's a company earning profit of $835,000 or whatever it was, 800 and change. Right. And he's selling the business for seven fifty, and he'll never get seven fifty because it's the business is him. He's got about twenty five employees, but and he's got all this equipment. In one year, if you had the systems in place, that business goes from a seven hundred fifty thousand dollars sale to and I say one year. You could probably do it in three to six months to create systems. All of a sudden, that business goes to let's just say it goes two times its earnings. Now you've got a, a $1.7 million sale oh, yeah. instead yeah. of 775000 And And those will actually go three to five times, depending on the industry, three yeah. to five times cash flow. And you're exactly right. You put in systems and processes. You put joint ventures in that business. You put in sales process. You put in a sales funnel. You put in a lead magnet. You teach them the stuff we're talking about. And now it's not dependent on the owner. Uh, most of these businesses you're talking about are dependent on the owner. You're trying to make take yourself out of it, which is what I always saw. Build it to sell it, even if you don't want to sell it. Because you yeah. want to build it to sell it. And then if you don't sell it, that means you've built it to sell it, but you're really just doing your A-plus activities. We've, we've talked about before, just doing the stuff you want to do, um, which is awesome. That is a pretty good example. So here's another simple one. This was really funny. I'm going back to I'm changing the subject, but going back and say, we, I've done this with a, a mortgage broker and a painter. 
right? And so painter, now, nowadays painters are super busy. I know the economy's going boom and it's hard to find a painter, but, but this was a couple of years ago when it wasn't the case. It had a young painter, pretty decent, pretty good job, but looking for more jobs, right? And so the pitch to him was joint venture with a mortgage broker, okay? We could have done this with somebody else, but we, a real estate agent, but we, we did with a mortgage broker. The idea was when you get a mortgage because you're buying a house typically, I mean, of course there's refinances, but we're just looking for guys that are buying their houses. It's something like 78% of people who buy a house need some sort of painting, right? So the idea is you reach out to, let's call it a handful. We reached out to, we reached out to about 10. We did a deal with three of them, three mortgage brokers. And the offer was this, hey, um, I will give, I want you to give to your clients, people that close a house with you, uh, $300 credit, $300 worth of paint, uh, paint job. Um, that's a benefit. So when they close a mortgage with you, you get to hand out this thing, Dave's painting, $300 coupon, $300 gift certificate. It's better if you call it a gift certificate because it's money as opposed to a discount. Sure. So it's like a $300 check that you can use for, for Dave's painting, right? That makes you look good, Mr. Bro uh, mortgage Broker. It'll make you look good. It'll make uh, you different. Now, why would somebody refinance with you? I've got a, a good painter deal, right? Um, and not only that, I will pay you $50 for every referral that comes my way. So, Mr. Broker, you're giving out a $300 gift certificate, and I'm actually physically paying you a referral fee. We can call it whatever you want, $50 back. What does the painter get? So the painter gets the average uh, paint job is about $3,000, but it's something like one in four, 20, 20 to 25% do, do, you know, we need to paint the whole house, right? Not just one room, right? And so what he's counting on is those, if the average job is 3,000 bucks and he gave away 300, well, 300 in credit, right? And $50 back to the mortgage broker, but 3,000 is the average, but then he's gonna get these 10,000, $20,000 paint jobs as well. And, um, that's, that's a unique way. It worked beautifully. Now it could have been totally in reverse. If I was a mortgage broker and I want to differentiate myself, I can go find a painter and say, gosh, it'd be nice to me if I can give to all my clients who close a house with me access to a painter and a $300 gift certificate. Right? So I could have gone out and found three or four painters and said, Hey, look, I'm picking one painter who wants, who wants to do business with me. But now yeah, we would have you do kitchens. I mean, we're using paint. It's the same thing. Yes. Kitchen person or the bathroom person or the wallpaper person or yes. Carpet. How about draperies and, you know, yes. uh, curtains. I think they're called draperies, uh, but um, you know, all those things are, are all things where a mortgage broker or a real estate agent, certainly the mortgage brokers. Hey, uh, by the way, I've got this person that does unbelievable draperies or whatever. Right. Um, right. And so whether painter or not, I mean, they're, they're, these are, if you look at the event chain, yes. people, you got to look at how many people are before you in that chain. Right. Exactly. And, and right. Then, how many people are before you or behind you and how can you arrange, you know, a meaning of introduction, right? Um, it's just, but, but they, but these guys don't think like this. I mean, most business owners don't think about, you know, I'm doing my own little thing and oh my gosh, I need to get more clients and oh, oh my gosh. Instead, they need to think like you were saying at the very beginning, which was look at it from your client's perspective. He's not just buying painting from you, right? He's probably doing some other remodeling, right? So there's probably a window guy. There's probably a wallboard guy. There's probably a hardwood floor guy. There's probably a carpet guy you could team up with, right? A countertop guy, a tile guy, right? Absolutely. All those people that you could 
team up with and cross refer. And the point of that would be now you've got a steady referral system, right? A referral process. You're not just counting on word of mouth. And I know Dave and he's a tile guy and he sends me people periodically, right? But if we got this little bond and we got our own five mistakes to avoid when renovating your house, right? It's a painter, a tile guy, a, a, a countertop guy, a, a kitchen cabinet guy, right? Hardwood floor guy, mistakes to avoid when renovating your house. You know, it, it's funny, Matt, when you said, why don't people do this? I think right. we're, it's, I think they're afraid that they like have to be in sales, you know, and that's, this is not, this is marketing. There's a difference between marketing and sales. What we're trying to do is say, Hey, look, if you're not, if you don't have all the business you want, you got to look at it, you know, look at this, this event chain and say, okay, I don't have to go sell my mortgage broker. Okay, I'm the, I'm the countertop guy. I don't have to sell them. I just have to say, hey, Mr. Mortgage Broker, I, I want to, you know, I'd like to get this information um, to your clients and I'm going to reciprocate. Right. As long as you offer the mortgage broker something of value. Now, certainly you have to be a quality um, worker. Right, right. That's all given. You got you to do a good job. You can't be a crook. Yeah, yeah. Right? No crooks. No crooks or it doesn't work. It's very short-lived if, if you're a crook. But if you're not and you can offer something, and I like lead magnets, if you right. can offer the mortgage broker this great lead magnet on, and again, putting the event chain together. Let's say the lead magnet is five mistakes people make when remodeling their house. You've got a bathroom person in there, a kitchen person, and, and you're the painter. Right. You put all these people in, you put the document together, and then you put the mortgage broker's name on the back cover and nobody else pays for it except for you. Right. So you're going to invest a few, maybe a, let's say 500 bucks to getting maybe. I was going to go the opposite. You just, they all pay for it and yours is free. Of course. That's how I, that's if, how I usually do it. Of course. But <laughs> I'm trying to say worst case scenario, you can pay right. for everything. If you, right. you stop begging for business and now you're handing people a document that they can feel proud of to hand out to their clients and you're in every one of those. Yes, exactly right. And, and I want to talk about this on another podcast, but, 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 you know, one of the things I'm working on this year and what you just said was, was I'm, I'm summing it up as you have a moral obligation to help these people. If you do a good service and you're proud of what you do, then you really have a moral obligation just to get the word out to more people, right? You know, there are, are really bad painters out there. You know, they're really bad, whatever, remodeling guys out there. It's your job to get out there and say, look, even if you don't choose me, here are the mistakes to avoid when looking for a remodeler. Here are the mistakes to avoid when looking for a painter, right? So it's, which leads right into the lead magnet, right? The lead magnet is not me, 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 choose me. By default, they will, but it's an, hey, even if you don't choose me, I want you to avoid these mistakes because I've seen it all. Yeah. Right? And, and that's why I think the lead magnet put together, like how to recognize them by the best people that we found in the industry. Again, yes. that's the position everybody in the book is an expert, right? Yes. In the mind of most of the people who read that, they're like, wow, these are experts. So right. I need, when I need my kitchen done, who am I going to call the guy in the paper mint or the guy in the, the expert in the book, the book outweighs the paper mint every time. Yeah. Oh, this is, there's a guy here in Atlanta and I think he's spreading out. I don't know if he's in Florida yet, but I think he's gone into Alabama. Uh, Dale, somebody, uh, I don't know, you know, you know, Clark Howard here and, you know, sure. Dave Ramsey, those kind of stuff. 
but it's like, uh, he used to be on the local TV station, you know, the, the consumer investigator, Dale, right? And so now Dale has his own business where it's, you know, Dale certified plumber, you know, Dale certified. It's like Angie's plumber. list. Angie's list is a big yes. one like that. Yep. Yes, exactly right. And so that way you're, you're borrowing his trust. He used to be the consumer investigator on the local TV channel. And so now if Dale says it's good, it must be good, right? So he's now building a business, which is, um, he's been doing it for a couple of years now, maybe three or four, where he isn't the remodeler, but he found a good remodeler that meets all his checklist and he gets a referral fee or a marketing fee or however you want to call that, right? That's a different he's example. Making money. He's, making, he's money. making money being the referrals, right? So they're, I think it's called Trust Dale. So he's got a website called Trust Dale and you go to Trust Dale and you're like Angie's List, you're looking for a painter, you're looking for a countertop guy and we've got the, the Trust Dale approved countertop guy, right? Yeah, and so if you don't, I mean, if, if you're questioning, you're, what, you're listening to this podcast or watching, you're questioning whether referrals work, why don't you ask Uber? Because I think they refer <laughs> a million Uber. drivers a day. They, that's all they are is a referral service. There's no other way to say it. They're an app that refers of somebody to get into your car. They're referring <laughs> well, maybe that's what eBay is then. It's referring, you know, your sell of, of, of your stuff to somebody else. Well, that's <laughs> what Amazon is. Amazon doesn't have products. They simply give you a place to post your availability. Their and marketplace. What we're, doing is we're saying micro niche that. You're, you create a book of, uh, a book, a small booklet of uh, qualified people that are in your event chain you're the Amazon of that booklet. That's what we're trying to say is that you're the, the, the person in, who controls what's in that book. It's your, it's your information, even though it's in a position to you as an expert, along with the people in the book. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, we can go on, uh, but, but I got, let's sum it up. So the sum it up was, was the benefits of joint ventures. They're, they're, they're much more powerful than you might think. You need to think outside the box. We like to think about the event chain, who all is involved with your client, your customer, your consumer that doesn't really compete with you, but compliments with you. How could you team up with them in a win-win situation that can you send clients to them and they send clients to you? Um, your, all your businesses grow together, right? Um, and yes. then we talked a little bit about, hey, it's your moral, moral obligation. If you're a good person and you know what you're doing and, and it's your job to help these people, right? So, so putting together these lead magnets that include your joint venture partner would be an excellent resource so then you're just a resource and, and, the, and the lead magnet is doing the marketing for you, doing the sales for you. Then they're just calling Dave because, well, my mortgage broker, Dave, said you're not a great painter and he gave me this $300 coupon. Awesome, right? Hey, my trust attorney said you're a great uh, financial advisor. I'd love to, you know, come talk to you, right? The, the business broker I'm calling and selling my business, he says you're the guy to help me maximize the value of my business, right? These are what joint ventures are. And, and so you got to think outside the box. And uh, I think it hits your bottom line because all that is free money, right? That's just yeah. A and a joint venture doesn't always have to be like where you, you throw a lot of money in together to go into business together. Joint venture is exactly what we're talking about. Very little risk, very high reward. And, yeah. if, uh, and if you're good at what you do, like you said, you got a moral obligation to get that word out to your prospects and clients that you can solve their problem and make their life better. So. Challenge you to go find a joint venture buddy sometime this month. That's what we should challenge. That's a, good, that's a good challenge. So if you need help with your business, um, you know, you, you're thinking about selling a business in the near future and you do all the work right now, um, that 
might be a time for you to reach out to Matt and I, and we can uh, do a, a three-way consultation where we can help you kind of look at your business a little differently and, and maybe help you build some systems and processes so that that business can become sellable in the next three to six months. Um, we'll be offering a, um, an upcoming uh, course on that very thing, helping you get your business sellable um, so that you can uh, transition out into retirement or, or your next venture. So, Sounds good. Where can we find Mr. Dave? Man, you can find me at davidmulvaney.com. You can find me on LinkedIn at David Mulvaney. And uh, you can find us on profitabilitymd.com. Yes, the awesome website, ProfitabilityMD and, and YouTube channel and podcasts. That's it. Uh, find How about me you, LinkedIn. Matt? Where can we find you? Yeah, I'm over LinkedIn, Matt Hudgens. And then my coaching website is 10xprofitblueprint.com. Very good. Matt, I enjoyed it and uh, look forward to seeing you next week. All right, buddy. See you. Take care.